Are you having concerns about money, struggling with a strategy for financial success through your divorce? Are you wondering the best formula for successful negotiations? Well, that's what we're talking about in today's episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast. We're the ex-experts, Jessica and TH. We focus on helping you navigate your divorce and successfully move on with your life. Please follow us on all social media at ExExperts and check out exexperts.com for tons of free divorce-related resources. Let's bring in today's guest. Hey, everybody, it's TH. Uh, Jessica and I are thrilled to have Rhonda. I'm not even going to attempt at your last name. So do you want to chime in and say it? Nordike. Okay. Rhonda Nordike. She's a CDFA. She's in charge founder of Women's Financial Wellness Center. <clears throat> She's a dynamo. I mean, we have a lot of great ex-experts and Rhonda and I have spoken briefly before this interview and she's just, she has so much knowledge to share with all of you. So we're really excited to have you on the Divorce Etc. podcast today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I am looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks for being here. I mean, look, let's just be honest and dive right in. Like money is generally the number one concern and fear for people going through divorce. So like, what's the most common concern specifically that you're hearing from people when they're about to start the divorce process or if they come to you when they're already started? Yeah, you know what? That's a great question, right? And I think there's probably, you know, lots of layers to this. But I think at the end of the day, people want to know, am I going to be okay? And, you know, it sounds like a simple question, right? And I think a lot of times it's easy for people that are in this space all the time, whether it's attorneys, financial folks, whatever, to say, oh, you're going to be just fine. But I always say we have to define what fine is, because if we have women in particular that haven't handled the finances, they don't have experience with money, they feel like they've been out of the loop for years, perhaps decades, right? They don't actually know what that means. And I have always said from the day that I started my company, if women don't know what money means for them, it doesn't matter how many zeros are in the bank account, right? They're going to have anxiety. And so I have sat across right? Large tables in multi-million dollar homes. I've sat with women that are, you know, navigating through just paying the bills day to day. And it doesn't matter. Like the anxiety is there. It's not remedied just because there's more money in the bank or less money in the bank, right? And so my job is to help educate and empower women to navigate through and know what it means for them. You know, what, is it, what does it mean when somebody says, yeah, you're going to be fine? And what, let's define what that is. I love that you're saying that because it really is such a subjective thing because you're right. It kind of doesn't matter how much money you have if you haven't been the one managing it and you don't understand all of the nuances and the ins and outs and like, what do you have in savings or retirement that you can't touch anyway versus what do you have liquid that you can be using now for your bills? That is a really scary thing. There could be people that are deemed very well off, but who are house poor and just pinching pennies to make things work. So it is really important for everyone to really think in your own head, what do you just define for yourself as fine? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people when they have to be right, they're really resourceful. Like, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, we can look at the situation and say, okay, where can you make changes? What updates can you be making? You know, but I think at the end of the day, for me, it comes down to confidence, which I have said, you know, is really kind of the formula for that is having the knowledge, right? Having the experience, and having those two things work together. Because if we, if we have the knowledge about the finances, 
without the experience, it's theory. And if we have the experience without the knowledge, it's trial and error. Nobody wants to be doing that. Like, yeah, hey, I'm going to just see if this works, right? We don't have time for that. <laughs> so, absolutely. No, like, totally. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, I, I totally agree. And as you're even saying, it's not even financially related. Like, Jessica and I talk about this all the time. We've lived it. We are ahead of you, no matter what. So we should talk about this. So we'll make you feel better. You're not alone. We're all about education. And that's how you empower people through yeah. support and education leads to empowerment. So yeah. let's talk now about what is the best strategy for being financially assertive? Oh my goodness. So the communication aspect, right? Um, this is something that I'm super passionate about. And so ultimately the assertive conversation is super important. We have to be very clear from the beginning when we're working with our team, when we're talking with our spouse, and even sometimes when we're talking to ourselves, right? Uh, giving ourselves permission to say, hey, I feel, fill in the blank, I feel frustrated with the situation, I feel overwhelmed. And on the flip side, hey, I feel really encouraged or I feel very respected when fill in the blank. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we're everybody that's going through divorce, we know that it's super emotional. But I have said for my clients, listen, in order for us to really show up and stand in our power, we need to learn how to communicate assertively around money. And it's okay to say I'm overwhelmed. I remember there was a time I was working with one of my CPAs and it was just an absolute disaster. I'm not working with them anymore. Um, but I remember <laughs> having the conversation. I was like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I need to take a break. I need to process this information and I will call you back. When's so, a good time? I just want to clarify for people listening. When you're talking about being financially assertive and, and I feel blank when this happens or whatever, like, are we talking about the conversations with your spouse, soon to be ex? Are we talking about the conversations with the professionals that we're bringing in to help us understand this, all of the above? Yes, all of the above. Okay. All of the above. Because um, I think there's a lot of frustration that people have around, you know, working with their attorneys, right? We'll start with that one. There's certainly frustration. Hey, yeah. Rhonda, their paperwork says they're going to call me back, you know, in 24 hours or respond to email and I'm not hearing back. Great. Well, let's let's circle back and say, hey, you know what? I really feel respected when you call me back. Your paperwork says every 24 hours, you know, is there something I missed or can we clarify that or whatever? Um, and so, you know, certainly it's valuable. And then, you know, in conversations with their spouse. Now that's not always going to be, you know, that's not always going to work. It's challenging once you've initiated the divorce process. That's for sure. right. Oh, that's right. right. And you, and, and, you know, for many, well, for us, communication was a problem. <clears throat> so it wasn't going to be remedied during negotiations and it wasn't going to be remedied over money. Like yeah. if it's, if it's, if that's a reason why, you landed where you are in terms of your relationship with your your spouse, then that's why you use lawyers, but that's why you have to trust your lawyer. That's why you have to be comfortable telling your lawyer, I don't understand this. And we just did a show. I don't remember if it was last week or whatever, but I was saying that I didn't learn anything from my professionals. And I had a whole freaking staff, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth, and I learned nothing. So if anything and you've hired any experts ask the questions because right. then it's up to you to take charge and move forward when they're gone and your divorce is settled yeah so um really being comfortable with your and, experts it and is if, 
I think, critical. Yeah. It is 100%. And if you haven't, if you're in the thinking about it process, and even maybe in the very, very early stages of having, you know, discussed it, like, this is the time to have frank and clear, open conversations with your soon-to-be ex about making sure you have access to whatever there is, understanding what there is, having passwords. Teach and I are big proponents of financial literacy for women, and it's very unfortunate that the stereotype is true, that women really just don't have that background and that knowledge, particularly women who have been out of the workforce and have been staying at home, taking care of the kids. They just aren't managing that part of the household for the most part. So I agree with you, using your voice and, and learning to become assertive, whether it's with your financial professionals, your ex, your lawyer, whoever, is a skill that you're going to need throughout your divorce and beyond. And it yeah. feels so good when you start flexing those muscles. You're like, oh my God, I did it. And I got an yeah, answer. Totally. And they didn't make me feel stupid. And I don't feel stupid. And I don't feel intimidated. Because the first time around, you might. Yeah. So I would literally write it down and just read it off the paper. And I couldn't look up. But at least I got the words out. Yeah. And then, then you can look up. And then you don't need your piece of paper. And then it goes on and on and on from there. So we're just going to pause for a quick moment here because we know it's hard to get honest and reliable information about your divorce. So we've done the work for you. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox. Join our events and our private sessions where you can ask us and top experts all of your questions. You can move forward and thrive. You can get all of this information at www.xexperts.com. If you're hoping to have an amicable divorce and avoiding a high conflict court battle, then you need to know about the Amicable Divorce Network. It's the only organization in the world that vets divorce professionals for being experienced, resolution focused, and who engage in fair billing practices. Amicable Divorce is a low conflict, out of court process designed to help parties negotiate, reach a resolution, and move forward efficiently and with a child focused approach. When you choose their vetted professionals for your case, you also gain access to their sophisticated Amicable Divorce Network technology platform, which helps you gather information for your case and collaborate with professionals in the cloud. Their entire network of vetted professionals, as well as a lot more information, can be found at amicabledivorcenetwork.com and divorceamicably.com. Go check them out now. Okay. so. Rhonda, you told us one of the biggest things is figuring out what the best strategy is for being financially assertive. How does someone even begin if that's not where they've been coming from? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly it's challenging, right? And I always say, you know, kind of like, where do you start, right? I mean, for the people that are in that contemplation stage, that's probably one of the biggest questions, right? Hey, where do I start? What do I do? And, you know, there's a few practical things related to the financials in particular that people can do. The first thing I will say is that women make really good private investigators when they have to be. And I just picture, like, I've got this this image that I use for one of my programs where this woman is, like, got sunglasses on, this big camera, and she's, like, hanging out the window. And I thought, oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, and so we just have to be more aware, right, of our surroundings and be almost have an attitude of curiosity, like, huh, isn't that interesting? Look what I just found in the mail. Huh, isn't that interesting? Look at this statement, you know. Um, but there's some, you know, some practical things, like, again, just being aware, gathering financial information as you can, 
if the computer happens to be open and you happen to see information, that would be okay too. Um, people can also sign up for um, a private, um, for an email to be able to see through the U.S. Postal Service um, if they have email coming in. So it's called informed oh. delivery and it's oh. free. And so for people that tend to go to the mailbox and take stuff out and you want to know if there were statements that came in that happened to bypass the kitchen counter. <laughs> So just to clarify this, because I used to have this, it's not, it's not, it doesn't tell you when emails come in, but what it is, is basically an email that you get yes. that yes. has images of the front yes. of all of your of mail. envelopes, right, that are being delivered to you. So you'll know, theoretically, if something was sent from the bank or like from your mortgage company or from wherever, you'll know what mail came in. And yep. to whom, right? right. Correct. Who it was that is so. To. I never even. I mean, I knew about that because I was moving and stuff. But what a great! I use did of it that when resource. I was living in a temporary apartment because I wanted to be sure. Like, are they sending stuff to my old address? Are they sending stuff to the new address? Or are they actually following along with like the temporary address that I gave? And it was really good that I got it because sometimes stuff was showing up different places. But it is kind of genius. And Rhonda, you're the first person that's ever brought that up totally. as like part of a strategy for this. And we're going to have to start like shouting this from the rooftops because yeah. it's a great detective style way yeah. yeah, of being able to keep track of what's being sent. Love it. Yeah, it's huge. And I had a client who actually, again, sometimes you don't know what stuff's coming in, right? And you're like, huh, interesting. And so she started to watch for, they were getting some statements from the credit union that were missing, right, when the, in the pile. Well, she finally saw one that came in and she was like, huh, I've seen a couple of these now via the email. And so she opened it and it was an account that had a $5 balance. And so I called one of my friends who uh, works for U.S. Bank, and I was like, hey, so what's the scoop with this? And she goes, oh, a lot of times if people are taking out a loan, with the credit unions, you have to keep a $5 balance in the account. So like, you just have to open an account. She didn't even know about. That's right. Wow. And I was okay. like, oh, this is so interesting. So there's all these little, you know, things that people can be doing under the radar before they officially decide, you know, if they're going to file or whatever, just to kind of start getting stuff in order. Um, you know, the other thing is, again, around the expenses and just trying to get a good handle on, you know, what they're spending and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. The other little tip is, since especially since it's you know tax time right and that is um if people have not signed their tax returns in several years right like oh yeah i know our taxes get done but Rhonda, i haven't even seen them like you haven't seen them no because of course everything's done electronically people can go directly to the irs and so they can get the transcripts requested uh they don't have to get permission from the other party they can just direct you know directly request them it's been fascinating like i had one of the women uh do that that actually you know got the information it was like Rhonda, i've been living on rice and beans i feel like we you know have no money and my husband makes i mean ridiculous amount of money compared to what he's leading on that he's making this is super wow. fascinating so that is super fascinating so how do you then help people say wait, wait, i yes. have a question go ahead sorry what do you do with that information so now i've got all this information i've been a sneaky detective i got the stuff coming in the mail i found out about the irs like okay Rhonda, what do i do with it now that i hold all of this who do i tell and who do I not tell about this? So you don't tell your soon-to-be ex-spouse. Let's start there. 
<laughs> I, I would say don't I mean, tell family want too, to. right? Right. Like people want to, though. They, they're they especially for the women who are wired as collaborators. They want like they feel like that's going to help this connection, help open communication. Like they, they really want to. It, it's not helpful. Um, I would say, to be honest, you don't really tell anybody initially. Like you want to kind of keep that information close to the vest until you decide that you're going to file. And then usually what I suggest is we have, you know, they you go through that usual discovery disclosure process and we wait to see what they tell us. Right. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Right. So I always say nothing initially, right? Like we don't do anything with it except we keep it in a safe place close to the vest and we don't tell anybody until we find that it's time to do it. Like there's even been times we'll work with private investigators and they'll do asset searches. And one of the things that we'll do, we'll just hang on to that information. We don't tell the attorneys. We don't tell anybody until we feel like it's time to reveal that card. So so that's hard. That's yeah, but hard it segues into what you were going to talk about with regards to like how to have a successful negotiation. I mean, having a little ammunition, so to speak, on your side is definitely going to help your, you know, where you are in the negotiation. Yeah, it's it's really huge. And again, it's all part of the strategy. You know, it, it's hard. It, that's probably one of the hardest things for women is to not tell that they have the information because again they want to be transparent they want to get along they want it to be amicable or they want to confront them and that say, too I know you've been hiding <laughs> or lying about this i wasn't that even too. going to say that i was going to say you want someone to cheer for you and be like oh my god i'm so happy for you so everybody yeah. out there just know we're cheering you on quietly yes. in your head that's right and you've got all this stuff just that's listen right. to this again yay for you you did a great yes. job totally Right. Totally. Zip I mean, they can tell me, but to. other than that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. Um, what would yeah. you say is the biggest thing that gets in the way for people when, you know, they're talking to you and they, and they are going through this whole process? What's the biggest obstacle? You know, what's interesting is it's usually ourselves. Hmm. We yeah. get in our own way. Yeah. Second guess ourselves. We don't lean into our intuition. We, you know, let the, the negative self-talk be playing because that's what we've heard for the last decade, two decades, whatever. Um, and, and I think the other part too is sometimes we also, that being said, listen to outside people too much. Mm-hmm. Like I think, you know, you could be having 10 different people tell you 10 different things and it just gets overwhelmed. Well, my, my friend said this, my parents said this, my, you know, whatever said, and it's just like, no, you know what you, we have to get to the point where we can solely stand on, okay, I need to, and one of the things I help my clients with too, is how do we, how do you weigh out the options? I mean, sometimes there's multiple ways that you could go down a path. There's not always just one way, right? Sometimes there's three different ways. And so I'll teach my clients, okay, how do we evaluate that? How do we look at these decisions and critically look at what information do I have? What information do I still need? What's my deadline for making the decision? How am I feeling about this? You know, so we can kind of walk through this, making these decisions. Um, But I think we, I think for the most part, at least from what I see with women, they get in their own way. Yeah. I mean, we do for sure. And we're, you know, famous overthinkers and and all of that. I, I do just want to say one thing again for the audience out there, like, because we're talking about all the information you need and like the, this, the context isn't so much like a gotcha against your ex. And so I just want to be clear, like 
Rhonda, as a certified divorce financial analyst, will help you look over all of your finances and figure out what your budget is going to be and what you can be spending on things and how to make your own financial system work. She's not a financial investigator, but she can give you tips and advice on making sure that you can find the information you need in order to do the job you need to do with her, which is, as she said in the very beginning, making sure that you feel okay with the money that's coming in and the money that's going out and whatever your expenses are, you know, your yeah. bills, your kids, your mortgage, your rent, your car, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Which is all part of being empowered. Yeah. Like just educating yourself. And like I said at the beginning, I didn't learn anything during my divorce. And this is a time to learn. So now you're learning how to speak to a financial advisor. You're understanding what all of the technical terms are around money that seems scary and overwhelming. And you realize that it's not. It's literally just another account where you put money, but understanding what each is. So educate yourself along the way. So you're being an investigator but you're also empowering yourself because now you know better. Rhonda, do you find, I mean, it's really a yes or no question, but like, <laughs> do you find that once the task of having to sit down with you or a financial advisor and do like the real itemized budget, it's a very scary task to do because it forces you to really look at everything. And I feel, find that like, that's the time that you're like, I don't want to look at it because I'm afraid the numbers aren't going to add up. And I'm afraid that in the end, the numbers are going to look really bad. Do you find that once you've gone through that very tedious, laborious exercise, which by the way, for everyone out there, like it's an essential thing to do. You have to do it. There literally is no getting around it. But once people have done it, do you find they're more often like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. Or are they like, wow, I really have big changes to make in order to like keep food on the table? Well, I would actually say both, but okay. um, it kind of depends. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you're right. Like the budget is essential. Um, it's part of my process that I take people through. It's one of the very first things that we do because all of the other financial related questions hinge on that. And when we get into negotiations, while a lot of times the attorneys don't necessarily care as much about the budget, I care about it and I'm able to help them. Um, and, and I've hopefully made it a little less scary and a little bit less laborious, right, in, in meeting with them because we can go through that process. Right. But one of the things I will say to that is it is challenging um, in a sense that they see the bottom line number. And most of the time, women are the ones who are like, I'll cut it, I'll cut everything out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, we need to get a realistic look and you can put in money for vacation and you can put in money for entertainment. And if you want to get your hair done, let go for it. Like, I don't want them to feel like I got to slash all of these expenses because I can promise you their partner's not doing that. They're like, sweet, I'm just going to buy whatever I want over here. They're not slash cutting coupons and eating ramen noodles, you know, and I don't want the women to have to do that either. And so we just take a realistic look and I tell them, which is not probably like, you know, common common knowledge or common commentary, I guess you could say, and that is it's okay if when you go through the budget the first time you're in the red yeah. because 
we need to identify the gap of what needs to be coming in. And the follow-up conversation to that is, what do we need to have coming in for support, child support, alimony? How can we negotiate to move the needle? What do you need to do part-time? Do you need to get a side hustle? Like, what does this look like from all of the income sources? Do you need to ask for a raise? Like, all of those things come into the conversation. And I say, great, we're in the red. Perfect. All right. Now we have a, now we have a baseline of what we need to be looking at. And I think it's helped women feel less afraid of that. Um, and actually, they usually are like, I know I've been needing to do this for a while, and I'm just grateful that I can do it. Um, so that's that's kind of my take on that. It's really being accountable. And I talk about looking at your credit card, like getting on the scale. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to see it. I actually have streamlined my credit cards now. So I only use the one that gives me miles. It always used to be Amex because then I'd be forced to pay in full, except I pay them all in full. So I was like, I'm getting nothing from Amex. I'm paying a fee. So now I'm just going over here, except so I looked at my Amex last, whatever it was. I'm like, oh my God, it's only a few hundred dollars. That's fantastic. My other one's obviously a little higher. I was say, then you look at not the other on the one, you're like, oh my God, it's killing me. But at least I know because when I spread it out over. So all I'm saying is it's hard to look at the stuff. It's hard to look at the facts. You know, it's hard to keep track. It's like food also. Like, how did I not lose weight? I don't know. How many snacks did you eat? Oh, I didn't have anything. Well, if you write it down, you probably had a lot. <laughs> right. So just being accountable. It's okay. We're not perfect. You know. I'm never giving up my hair color. Um, I'll scrap. Never giving up my managers. Right. And and I know people feel that way about laser. They could be broke and in the red forever, but they find money for laser. Oh, I know people who are broken in the red, but find money for Botox and find money. I mean, listen, it's all about how you prioritize things at the end of the day, for sure. And and just being aware. Like, I know that I'm still going to go spend money to have my hair colored. And I, this is not a podcast, by the way, we've done it, you know, how to, how to budget if you're broke or, you know, financially strapped, this applies to everybody. These are our own, you know, things that we're not giving up and we will figure out a way to pay for it, but we're not trying to seem privileged because we're worried about not giving up our nails or our hair. I just have to put that out there from a past podcast. Um, but just knowing what you're spending and knowing what's coming in and knowing how to grow your money are the most basic and most important things in your life because you want a roof over your head and you want to eat food and you want to be able to live your life in a, you know, to a certain level that, right. that works for you. Right. So um, Rhonda, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I think been super helpful. I mean, this is information everybody needs. People want to hear it, but they kind of don't want to hear it. So we yeah. really appreciate you taking the time. Um, there's definitely follow-up conversation to be had. But if you've enjoyed <clears throat> this episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast with the ex-experts today, then please help us out. Because when you subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us get the word out so we can support more people like you going through divorce and beyond. Check out the show notes for more info on Rhonda and her company, Women's Financial Wellness Center. And of course, share with anyone you know who can benefit from listening. Thanks again, Rhonda. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a great day.